Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Christine Burke, who is a forensic genetic genealogist, law enforcement expert, trainer, and private investigator. And she helps people and police find persons of interest using genetic genealogy through classes and through services. Hey, Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Can you expand more on this fantastic, amazing thing that you do that I can't wait to get stuck into and let us know, you know, where are you with your business today and who do you serve? My goodness, how many hours do we have? (laughs) Um, Well, because there's a whole backstory to it. Um, Basically, as you mentioned, uh, I serve the police and people uh, because genetic genealogy uh, which is the DNA, like you see with people taking ancestry tests or 23andMe, uh, is really amazing at finding what I call persons of interest, whether it's your family members, your biological family, or suspects, criminals, or unknown deceased people. And how I got to this uh, was because I had what I refer to as DNA drama in my own life. I, I didn't choose to become this person as the forensic genetic genealogist, I, it, it chose me. I think it was preordained through my whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll share a little bit about that. So it makes it a little more understandable, but um, in 2017, I got some um, a really unexpected DNA results, found out my father wasn't my father. My mother's father wasn't her father either. And I really got knocked down a peg. Uh, I, you know, with, you talked about, I was uh, my career, former police officer, detective, sergeant, pretty much a badass, right? If I can say so myself. Absolutely. And I thought I knew who I was. And you don't realize when you lose your identity, it was, it was, it was really horrible. Mm. And for three or so years, I railed and said, you know, why did this happen to me? And then all of a sudden, one day I was like, oh, I know why this happened to me. I'm uniquely positioned through my whole life, my law enforcement career and everything that I had done to that point to help people. And uh, initially, when I realized how quickly I could find a father or a biological relative, I said, the police need this. Because if I can find a father in a couple hours or days, holy, you know what? (laughs) How can they use this for, for good? Oh, exactly, right? Because having been a detective, right? going to victims, talking about crimes here, going to victims and saying, I don't have any answers for you. Mm. It's horrible that you just have to put the case to the side. 
is horrible. There's, there's cases that haunt every officer, right? And with this, uh, it, it's just amazing what it can do, um, even from the point, if you don't identify the person themselves, even to just get a lead, because so many things happen that the suspect is unknown, right? Mm -hmm. And so even to get a piece of something, a tangible something to start with is huge. I mean, it, it's, I can't stop smiling and talking about it. It, it is it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. And I want everybody to have it like, like right now. So I was like, Oh, I have to do this. And that's how it started. That's how it started. Oh, that's, that's awesome. We, we were chatting offline before for, yeah. for ages talking about random stuff and, and your experience. But one phrase that you said during that time was yeah, you're perfectly placed. You're perfectly placed to be doing this, even though you have that you know, imposter syndrome sometimes. Now, yes. what you just said before is you just said, you know, with this, you found out you realized you were uniquely positioned. And I love how those two phrases from our conversation before and right now, you came about doing this because you realized, oh, crap, I'm uniquely positioned to be doing this. That must be an amazing feeling to have that light bulb, to have that feeling of, I know what I'm doing. I got this. No one else can do this like I can. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, as you mentioned that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, and I'm a Gemini, right? So of course I have those both sides, but yeah, I know it, but also standing in that truth too, mm. right? Constantly because, uh, you know, there, uh, you get pushed back or you're in business, right? You know, so you, uh, at least me can't keep that all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know my shit, right. I'll say, I know my shit. And um, because I had another business, right, 15 years as my private investigation uh, law enforcement expert and, mm. and things like that, right? So I'm, I'm, you know, that stature and that longevity and I'm, I'm real comfortable there. But in this new arena, right, um, because I was a cop, but now I'm not, you know, I'm not in the in club right now. One of the thoughts was, will they still accept me, right? Am mm. I still one of the guys and girls. And uh, so that kind of crept up, but I'm telling you, yeah, I know my stuff. Right. And sometimes I go to people, police departments or people and say, look, I can help you. And they're like, flip it. Mm, mm. Okay. Mm. And that's disappointing for me because I know I have the answer. Right. And so that's kind of a challenge, but yeah, I know it like this, this shit's amazing. Okay. Way better than sliced bread and they just all have to have it. And that's where I get frustrated because yeah, it's I'm, not I'm moving just, fast enough. Yeah. I'm pause you there because okay. let's bring us back into any industry, anyone okay. business out there, whether you're you know, consultant, coach, agency owner, um, service-based, whatever it might be. We all have these times of, of doubt and, and worry, especially when you're starting out. Anyone starting out listening to this, I want to say, hey, look, everyone has that imposter syndrome. Everyone has this, these, these doubts, these, these voices that come up. You, absolute friggin' badass. Look at what you've done. And then you still go back in and realize, but um, am I going to be accepted? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding yes. me? But and yeah. that, I think yes. that need, that one thing you said, they need this. How... How can they not use this? And you get turned down. Everyone does. With our coaching, people turn us down. With um, any service, you get people saying, I'm not ready for it, or, I, or they're not 
problem aware, solution aware, whatever it might be. So to be able to take those knockbacks, even though your what you offer is groundbreaking and will could make such an impact, to take those knocks and be like, well, you're an idiot, on to the next. It's tough, yes. but we have to do it, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, because not everybody's ready, right? So I, I think that's very interesting because, especially with this as a new technology, uh, people are not aware of it, right? And specifically in this industry, speaking to the police, budgets and, you know, we won't get into that whole thing, but um, yeah, it's just, um, and it's unique because I understand it because I came from it, right? So there were a lot of things, especially between police agencies, like federal to state or local, and you'd see the golden children getting this, that, and the other and doing, and you're like, it would be nice to have that uh, tank. Well, I mean, not that, you know, back then, but the tank or the, you know, armored vehicle, like, oh, isn't that I nice? want a tank. Come on. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, you know, we just didn't get it. Those people got it, but we didn't get it. Right. Yeah. And so it, it's a little bit of that, but it's also the educational curve and realizing, I think that, you know, your clients, people are ready when they're ready and not everybody is, not everybody is the right person and it's just not the right time. And, um, and that's kind of, we were talking a little bit in the beginning. Uh, I think my other business, when I started it, it was because I had a skill and I'm like, okay, I, I can make money from this. Mm. It, it, this is a personal mission, God or spiritual ordained or whatever. Like I, there's no way I like, I, I told you, I was like, why me for three years? Like really why me? And then I just realized what an impact that I could make. And I'm grateful that I was chosen with this skill and this ability to do it. And, and so I just have to remind myself of that. Mm. Um, and it, and it arose from personally experiencing my own DNA drama. I paid people and I tried so hard to get help and I couldn't get help. And I don't want to, and that's still me, whether I'm the cop or the investigator or whatever, I'm always helping people and I want the answer, right? So that's what keeps me going because I have to help people. Like I can't help myself from helping people. And that's just what I have to remind myself of, you know? Mm. Yeah. There's so many people starting business go through this, that desire to, no one else should have to go through what I went through, whatever that is for you. And it's, it becomes, oh, it becomes a quest. It becomes a badge of honor that sometimes it, we can overcompensate. I mean, the solopreneurs have sort of all these people pleasing tendencies, which that's yes. broad strokes, but you know, over delivering, undercharging, not knowing our worth, just the desire to, I need to help more people, which means we work more hours. We do much more than we actually should. You're you're nodding away here. It's like you're like yes, yeah, yes, because absolutely. you're 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 bringing up good things. I think boundaries, right, are very good. Um, you know, had uh, boundary issues in childhood, right? So that that was uh, I learned how to put that up and charging too. So so my entry level price for law enforcement is higher than normal. Okay, but I'm not charging what I should because the lifetime of an officer, once they're trained, they can solve cases until the cows come home, right? And train other officers. Um, and they're currently paying around 15 to $30,000 per case, right? So I'm not charging enough, but 
when you go to do the price, I, you know, I looked at the price, I was like, hmm, like, but it's worth, you know, infinite. There's no, no price for it really to change yeah, someone's so life like that. Right. Like what's, what's the, what's the value of catching a killer and preventing what, like, the, like there's no price on that. Right. Let's talk about that. Unpack that because it, it, I was chatting just the other day with, with someone else on the podcast. It's like, how do I, how do I price? What's the magical yeah. thing? What, what, how do I do it? It's like, well, to be honest, you can pluck a figure out of the air. I mean, there's, there is no set way of doing it. So it's finding out what's what's right for you, what value you bring. And what you just said there is what what value, what price do you put on catching a killer that can do that again and take a life or more lives? Oh my gosh, are you kidding a me? A million dollars, right? I mean, yeah. well, well, one case that they talk about with the genetic genealogy is the Golden State Killer. And- when somebody shared the details of what they had spent on that investigation before they did the ge- genetic genealogy, it was estimated at $10 million mm-hmm. and they didn't catch him. Okay. So I could charge 10 million and one dollar. You know what I mean? Like mm. there's, but when I, when I saw that they, they had, um, Oh, so many countless hours and whatever. And the genetic genealogy got the right person the first time. I, I got emotional. I cried when I read that. I mean, that's how earth shattering uh, this is, right? So what is the price on that? Um, no, it's priceless. It's priceless. It's priceless, but you've got to put a price on it. So with that, I want to just sort of take a, a neat little sidestep. So when sure. you're when you're approaching... Um, your let's just call them your, your clients whoever they might be whoever that person might be what are the what are the beliefs what are the the ideals that you find you have to help navigate through or break down or change time and time again to allow them to see what it is that you you bring that's a good question if you had contacted me when I first started out in business, right, 15 years ago, I probably would have come up with a host of things. But now I really don't have an answer for that because I am comfortable in what I know and my price. And I I look at it that they're either the right person for it or they're not, right? So obviously there's a price uh, objection potentially, so there's a payment plan or or whatever. Um, I'm going to communicate the value. There's no real, I mean, to me, I, you hear about copy and convincing and all that stuff. I, I don't feel I should have to convince you because you're either the right person for me or you're not, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm going to communicate there's somebody that's in need, right? The police have a lot of cases. Uh, they they want to catch these bad people or the person that's struggling in their biological with their biological family they want to know who they are they're in crisis okay so what is the value to them right i'm here here it is here's the solution but what is the value to them uh and i just have to communicate who i am and and what it's about and and what the solution is going to be so i don't think i can answer that how i feel what you want me to say because i don't I, I feel I have the benefit now that I'm I'm not going to try to convince anybody because, mm. 
you know, you talk about price point and things like that. They say that the customers that want it the cheapest are the most nightmare. And yeah, I learned all those lessons. Okay. Yeah. I learned all that. And that goes with the boundaries and whatever. Here's what I do. And here's the way I want to do it. And if that's what you want, great. It's kind of like a dating relationship, right? I like yeah. this and you like this and we're going to do it together. You know, we, we have to be on the same page. But let me sort of rephrase that. Um and see if if we can sort of dig down a little bit deeper. Like with um, with, with agency owners, whether it's creative or marketing or advertising, um, some clients come with you know, they've been burnt in the past, and they 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 had the need, they're eager, but they're they're nervous because oh, someone fucked up my ad account, or someone did this, or we just got ghosted, whatever it might be. Everyone has heard a horror story. Maybe not many people have had it, so there's a there's a belief there that or a concern. So. I can give you an example if I can answer that. Yeah. Something popped in my head. So one of my one of my first students with my um, uh, civilian program, because I teach them to do what I do. And she said, you know, after she signed up, she said, I was so worried it was a scam. Right. I was so worried it was a scam. And she said, but once I got, you know, I talked to you and, and I got to know you because I tell people like, if, if, if you have questions, ask me questions, right. Cause I am going to be who I am. Right. I'm not, nothing's going to change. Uh-huh. And, and they just all express that once they get to know me and who I am, like that, that's why they want to be with, with me, so to speak. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question, but that popped into my head when you said that, right? So I think it's important to communicate. Don't, when you're trying to sell something or you're trying to do something, don't be someone you're not because. Ooh, yes. Right? A billion times, yes. There's the authenticity. If you're trying to be someone that you're not, trying to be out of alignment, then you'll be saying stuff maybe that you don't truly believe. And whether yes. as a human, of course, First step is what we what we know we can see consciously, but the subconscious, I can pick up on my brain can see every move. You're spiritually you going to mess yourself up. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And so yes. There's, a, there's a there's a core as well as a surface level. So our our core, our subconscious are talking to each other right now. Yes, we've not got a clue what I'm saying, but that funny feeling when you're like saying all the right stuff, but something doesn't Things feel off. right. Yes, out of alignment. So I love yes. that you brought that up with whether it's presentations or meetings or sales calls that's why all this stuff works all these tactics work but if they're you need to find the right thing that's in alignment for you um yes yes that's where magic comes in thank you for bringing it up that's a that's an amazing beautiful part so once you were able to just be yourself ask me all the questions i'll tell you all the answers just you can just be your badass beautiful self that's (laughs) when people are like oh they're engaged and they're connected, right? Yeah. And I, I think just, um, you know, the inquiry about, you know, why are you doing this? What, what, what do you foresee with the industry? Right. Because I'm, I'm training them. I, I'm, I'm ahead of the curve. I feel, okay. I'm looking to the future. And, mm-hmm. and that comes from my knowledge, the people that I'm competing, competing with, um, there's not, not very many, but they are not me. They have not been the police officer. They have not done, right? So I'm I'm full circle in this. I've been the victim. I've been the police officer. I've been, so uh, I'm looking with foresight and I'm trying, I'm covering everybody and uh, 
that's my feeling on the solution. And that's what I tell them. Like, here's where I'm going. You want to come along. Yeah. And again, you mentioned it at the start of this, this interview, you're perfectly, you're uniquely positioned. Yes. It just doesn't move fast enough sometimes. Oh, okay. Tell me about that. Well, I just think that, you know, as we talked about a little bit, that why wouldn't everybody want to uh, catch a killer in a couple hours? Like they should be all beating down the door right yeah. now. And then you step back and you look at it, you say, okay, well, maybe they don't have the budget. Um, I mean, there can be a host of reasons, right? And that's important not to internalize that on yourself. Right? Let's break it you down know? right now, just for your okay. perspective. Okay, it's beliefs, yeah. the belief that it's going to work. There's the budgets. Do they have the budgets? It's, it's, and also, maybe it's different with the police force. I don't know this. But from, from, from the work that we do, we know that it's, it's never a money problem. It's never a money. Most people can find the money. It's a value challenge. Do they see yeah. the value? Is Right. I think this is a little different because if they don't have the budget, like they only have so much budget for the year. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, and especially at the time of the year, like right now, they're out of budget. So if they don't have it, they don't have it right now, obviously if a catastrophe happened, you, you know, they're going to have the city or the town or the state or whatever is going to have to fund it. But no, there's no, like the training budget is the training budget or the service budget is the service budget. And that's it. So yeah. again, with, I hear with, what you're saying about the values. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I said, if, if something big happens, then magically the budget changes again, it's the same for everyday public uh, businesses if there's a dire need, oh, we'll find the budget. There's always yeah. a way. So yes, 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 yes. Budget, what else? What else is? is um, well, I think it's important too, because, and somewhere, here's the cop in me talking. Um, I don't want, because they've been so put upon mm -hmm. unfairly, I will say, right? With the, the way the community views, the, some of the community views officers and their work and everything. Sure. But- I don't want it to turn worse with the community realizing that this tool is out here and they're not using it. Like, Hey, hey. <laughs> it, you know, let, let's, like you said, find the money. Right. So let me educate you, uh, go to your council or go to your state or whatever. Like I was thinking this morning, I'm going to go to the state legislature and say, look, here's this thing. You need to give this money to them because it needs to be done. Mm. Right. Um, so, yeah, and that, that just goes to like, who's the purchaser, right? With the value. Um, so the I wouldn't say. Perception. You said just a perception. If the public knows this tool is out there that could be used and they're choosing not to, you're worried about how ugly. that's going to reflect on the police force, on, on the cops themselves, correct? Yes. Right. So I'm trying to be preventative, right? So I don't even want to have to have that conversation with them because then I, I feel like it's kind of threatening, like, hey, uh, you know, but uh, it is available, right? Like, for instance, the, um, uh, mm. who is the girl uh, in Boulder? Um, John Benet Ramsey. I don't know if you've seen that news. Uh, the, the father, her father is pushing Boulder, uh, the police department, to use the genetic genealogy, and they're refusing. And it, mm. it, it's just not a good look, right? <laughs> so, um but yeah, but it does come down to value, right? So you could say, and because there's different purchasing levels and things like that, um, 
and I think there's just such a history right now of not having enough personnel, not having enough of anything that they're just, you know, they're paddling, they're, they're doing this. Right. Um, But yeah, there's different uh, levels of, does the chief have to do it? And then the training budget and the city council and the who this and, and all those layers, but, but what is the value, right? So if I went to the city council and I said, Hey, do you value your constituents? You need to give them this money, right? Then I'm, I'm hopeful it would be a a heck yeah. Right. Uh, But that has to filter down too. So, right. You know, what is, what is, my end user, the police chief or the detective or whatever, what are they valuing most at this moment? Don't get killed. Uh, right. Yeah, like so how important is yourself, it to them? You, you've got almost. it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong here, like an ethical battle going on. You know what you need to do. You have, you can wield this, this sword of truth and it can, yes. oh, it can cause damage everywhere. But you need to wield it correctly in the right way because you want to manage the the, the corporations, the businesses, the, the the states. You also want to manage the, the the victims and go after the the bad guys. You sounds like you're juggling so many thoughts and emotions and needs and wants. It's that ethical. What's the best way for me to do this with the, it's, the it's like yeah yeah I have a moral imperative. Um, and my, my, the cop in me, right. And the human in me is the end result for the, for the victim. Yeah. And I don't want to have to, you know, (laughs) like, I don't want to throw that out there about the, Hey, um, people, do you realize that I I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Right. Because also it comes from understanding the nature of the way they are right now. They they don't have enough personnel. They're getting picked off left, right, and sideways. They're being called all kinds. Like who even wants that job, right? Every time I tell them, I'm like, thank you so much for showing up today. Because who wants to do that, right? So I understand both sides of it. But ultimately, I'm like, yeah, slut, let's just, I want to help them all. I want to help them all. But also I'm in business too. Yeah, it is. It is a, it is a dilemma. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's so much of this. Um, thank you for sharing everything to do with your your business from behind the scenes. I think we could talk for hours more on this and go into the, yeah. the nitty gritty of it. But it's it's fascinating to hear your take on this, especially for other business owners out there um, who can't see this world and realize that it's the same across the board managing all these different emotions, all these different people, whilst also managing your own. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Christine, thank you so, so much for sharing. Um, look, if people want to find out more about you and the amazing stuff that you do, where can they find you? They can go to my website. Um, it's my school and it's Christine Burke, my name, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-B-U-R-K-E dot Podia, P-O-D-I-A.com. Love to have them part of the community. Awesome stuff. So guys, if you're interested or just curious, go check it out. And uh, yeah, Christine, thanks again for, for playing along and for sharing your story. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. 
Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.